This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Welcome to today's broadcast, ladies, gentlemen, everyone listening. It is Thursday, the 12th of December, 2019, 12-12-19. Uh, making our way through the month, we're, we're getting through it. I'm not, you know, every week is different. Every show, therefore, is different, right? That variability. You have some weeks that are, you have more to discuss than others. You have some weeks that, you know, I have to stop myself because the show is just going to get too long otherwise. And then there's some weeks where you just don't really have all that much to talk about. And this is one of those weeks I just don't really have... uh, all that much to discuss. I'm going to share a few things, but mostly we're just going to get to correspondence, and then that'll be it. So I, I don't think this is going to be the longest program uh, this time around, but that's fine. Some shows are, are long, some are short, some are uh, everywhere in between. I want to get right into things. Something that I haven't done in a while, but I, I want to this uh, this time around. I'm, I'm feeling that. I want to do a question, and I want to get into it ASAP, immediately, and uh, let's do it. I, I, I was I was motivated to do this because I was looking through a few old shows from years ago. I'm talking from back in 2016. It's it it goes back quite a while, and I had asked an interesting question, and I remember. I was really interested in the replies that came in. It was just some very, very thought-provoking material. And I figure, hey, look, it's been three years since I explicitly asked this question. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of new people that are listening in the meantime. Uh, or maybe even if anyone's been listening since then, uh, you know, responses can change, viewpoints can change, etc., etc., so I'm going to re-ask it because it just, it, it was really interesting the first time and I have hope that it'll be interesting the second time as well. So here's my question. Uh, I would really appreciate a response, please, to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. The way this works, if you have any thoughts, feedback, or answers on this question, you send in your correspondence and then in the next show I will get to it and I will get you on the air. So the way to uh, respond is via email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. You can respond in writing, or if you would like to record your response, you can go ahead and take a microphone and audio recording device of your choice. But I don't care what file it's in, honestly. I'll do the legwork. I don't, I don't mind. And I just record it and send it to me via email as an attachment or whatever you would like. But just get a response and please send it to me. The more responses we get, the better. So uh, send them in, please, if you if you want. All right, here's the question. Now, this is a hypothetical. So, you know, some people, I don't understand why it is. They like to tear down hypothetical questions. But that's that's the fun of it all, you know. Here it is anyway. Suppose that through some, you know, magical force, right? You are given the choice that 
if let's say it's like a magic, I don't know, a magic elixir or something, you know, whatever you want to pretend that it is, it could be a magic elixir, it could be a magic um, glass of water, it could be a magic uh, pill or a burger or something, you know, you have to ingest it and it's only good for this one time. And if you take this, you will be immortal. You never die. You live forever. And there is no way out. Sometimes you hear the, the prospect, well, would you be immortal if uh, you had the ability, you know, to die at your own hand? So if you're finally, you know, you lived a thousand years and you just don't want to do this anymore, then you can die. This, this isn't like this. If you take this, you will never die. Regardless of how much you want to, or what circumstance you find yourself in, uh, you're going to be around for all eternity. Do you take immortality? Or do you refuse it? And, you know, you'll just live out a regular life, and, you know, you'll die when you die. What would you take? Would you accept immortality? Again, that you can never die. Or would you rather, you know, now I would, you know, as cool as it is, I would at least, you know, I wouldn't want to be around forever, right? So what are your thoughts? Again, you're offered immortality, but you are stuck here forever. There's no way out. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you go with? Do you take it? Do you not? And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Why would you, uh, you know, uh, take the, uh, the route that you would? And, uh, yeah, what's the rationale? What's the reasoning behind it? And interesting to uh, hear your responses. And it only applies to you, mind you. So everyone else around you, your friends, your family, your loved ones, they are all mortal no matter what you do. You are, this, is, this is only applying to you and you alone. So that's just where it stands. Uh, responses are welcome, though. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. I'm going to give my personal response next week, um, but a little bit of a teaser. I can't say that my view of it has, has changed very much. So that's what you get from me there for now. Uh, but it was an interesting little thought experiment, I say. And I thought, well, why not? It's just a lot of fun to do the last time, and I hope that it will be uh, this time once again. Before anything else, take a listen to a few of the sponsors that help keep VORW International going. We all have nightmares. They happen. I'm sure we don't particularly like them. But let me tell you about a really interesting thing that the Henson brothers did. They took something that I think we oftentimes look upon very negatively, something that can cause us anxiety, that keeps us up at night, and they made something really cool and really interesting out of it. That's why I'd like to present to you The Nightmare Parlor. This is a new series that is going out on the Henson Brothers YouTube channel. Now, in The Nightmare Parlor project, they collect the weirdest, creepiest, and most haunting dreams had by their YouTube subscribers. In every episode, they exhibit a few of the most mesmerizing dreams that have been shared with them. Using various audiovisual techniques, they try to capture the ambiance of the dream 
and bring the most truthful depiction to your YouTube screen. They take something that happens to so many of us, they bring it to life, and they make something really neat out of it too. You can find them by searching the Henson Brothers on YouTube, that's H-E-N-S-E-N Brothers, or by searching the Nightmare Parlor. Viewers can make their submissions of their dreams that they would like to have recreated on this channel by going into the video description of their newest upload, and there they'll find a very easy form they can use to make their submission and really become a part of the show in the most literal sense. I think it'll be interesting for all lovers of horror. Check them out, the Henson Brothers on YouTube with The Nightmare Parlor. Do you like to doodle when you are bored or during stressful times? And do you find yourself scribbling spirals and swirls while you are talking on the phone? Have you ever looked up into the clouds and found a face, a flower, or a monkey riding a hippo? Next Level Doodling may be the book for you. The images on the pages of Next Level Doodling feed your mind and inspire your brain to wander and discover new artistic avenues. It's not really drawing, but pure doodling. More of an emotional release onto the paper. Most of the images in Next Level Doodling come from nature and suggest very organic forms that you can use to build your doodles and drawings. All of the options are yours. Pencil, pen, markers, paints, or whatever your favorite arting tools may be. Draw between the lines, color inside or outside the lines. The doodle is yours to control. Next level doodling can be carried in a purse, briefcase, or backpack, and be ready whenever you feel the artistic urge or need a little break from life. Pick up your copy of Next Level Doodling at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Next Level Doodling makes a great stocking stuffer or office party gift. Get one for yourself and one for a friend. Share the creative experience of Next Level Doodling. You won't regret it. And if you'd like to advertise on VORW International, we have a special rate for the holiday season. Send me an email at VORW. I-N-F-O at gmail.com if you're interested in getting your product, your message, your service promoted to an international audience on VORW International. Now, otherwise, uh, a few miscellaneous things, not too much to uh, talk about again, because I'm just not... I don't know, some weeks I'm more talkative than others. Some weeks I just can go on and on and on, babble and probably too long-winded, too long-winded for my own good. But otherwise, not that much to talk about, really. I don't think people really want to hear me go on another negative tirade against the world, so I'm going to keep that to myself. Uh, one interesting little suggestion was uh, maybe you take a look at the news, and if there's any newsworthy events that you want to talk about, you know, go for it. The thing is, I mean, when I look at the news, and I try to keep in touch with things, I try to see what's going on, the, the political stuff, I'm sick of it. No, that's that's all that I'll say. Um, just completely, you know, I've expressed that before. It's important, though. P politics is important, but when that's all that you see, day after day after day after day, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more to it than that. Not more newsworthy stuff that goes on also. There was a little bit of a 
a volcanic eruption in New Zealand, which was... Now, that must have been terrifying, because what, what you had... Of course, many, many islands in these areas are volcanic. It was on White Island of New Zealand. And there were a bunch of tourists that were on this island when all of a sudden, I think it was without warning as well, uh, the volcano exploded. Now, mind you that this wasn't something along the lines of, say, Krakatoa. But it doesn't matter how, how big or small that it is. If you're kind of near this volcano that explodes, uh, you can get really messed up. And I think that's an understatement. But it didn't look good. I mean, I'm seeing some images of it. This this thing was bad, though. And the people who were on the island here, these tourists, it just wasn't good. There were 47 people on the island at the time of the explosion, 31 of them still in the hospital, and five of them were killed. And they, there might be a couple people missing as well. New Zealand police, though, they say no signs of life. It just doesn't look good, and... Not to get too graphic or anything, but just listen to this. Uh, that New Zealand has ordered 1,292 square feet of skin. Yes, you know, we're talking skin. To treat patients injured in the volcanic eruption on White Island Monday. So, I mean, when you hear about that, what's needed there? I can't even imagine how bad the burns are, honestly. It's it's absolutely horrific to think about. But I hope that the, the, the victims of it, I hope that they're in good hands. I hope that they're able to get the treatment that they truly deserve, because they didn't do anything wrong. Wrong place at the wrong time. I hope that they're treated best as can be. I hope that they have a really smooth recovery, that they're able to kind of get back as, as close as they can to normal. Of course, after such a traumatic injury like that, getting burnt literally from these volcanic... I don't know if it was from the pyroclastic flow. I thought that would kill you, but at least probably the fumes, the ashes, you name it. It all depends where you get burnt. Some of that stuff you can never really recover from, but... I wish all of them the very best. That that must have been terrifying. They're there on vacation. They're there trying to see the beauty of nature, and then it just turns so quickly into a nightmare, you know? And on a final note, just one interesting thing, anyway, was uh, Virginia Roberts. Uh, she she posted a chilling message. Uh, it was literally... I mean, it, it it's scary to read because you can kind of tell what she's just trying to to let people know. Virginia Roberts uh, was a 36-year-old uh, woman who, who claims that she was a sex trafficking victim of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, she gave she recently gave an interview a couple of weeks ago with the British press uh, about Prince Andrew sexually abusing her. And obviously, I think if, if you know, you're familiar with all of this that's going on with Epstein... And all the connections that it has, it goes really far. And it deals with a lot of people in the high places. And she gave a very powerful interview uh, talking about Prince Andrew and you know, some of the things that happened to her. You know, and good on her for, for coming out if she was comfortable with that. But uh, yesterday she released the following statement. And just 
when when you hear this, you have to look at it circumstantially. Think about the people that she's talking about, what happened to her, and why she's saying this. I'm making it publicly known that in no way, shape, or form am I suicidal. I've made this known to my therapist and general practitioner. If something happens to me, in the sake of my family, do not let this go away and help me to protect them. Too many evil people want to see me quieted. And all I'll say is considering the people that she was dealing with, what happened to her, the fact that she has to go out and make these statements, that she is very clearly afraid for her life, speaks volumes. So I just hope she's able to stay safe because, I mean, I, I guarantee some of these people that she, you know, she's had encounters with, I guarantee deep down they want her dead. And they have money, they have connections, they have power. This type of stuff goes on. This type of stuff happens. I know it's dark. I know it kind of, oh, you know, it doesn't happen to me, so does it really even exist? Of course it does. You have people out there that if they don't like you, they don't, they think that you're, uh, you know, causing issues with the system. You see this in the news all the time. People go out and get other people killed. And just because we've been lucky enough to be blessed with a, a relatively safe existence doesn't mean that's how the rest of the world is and that this never happens. So I hope that, I hope that she stays safe. Um, because just, again, the fact that this is what she had to say publicly, it's scary. And I mean, I remember there was one, there was one guy who uh, made some videos on YouTube who was, uh, this was a couple years ago, was exposing this one police department and this is just an example, you know, like with any organized group, right? Uh, this goes for police, goes for military, you name it. Many of the people in this group are fine. They're great people. They want to do the right thing. They want to do their job to the best of their abilities, be a good person. You name it. But you also have people in there that are pure evil. Uh, they abuse the system. They hurt others. They abuse their power, right? Corrupt. And this goes for many things, you know, like uh, police as well, right? You have the a lot of cops just want to do their job. They want to help others. But of course, you have people who are just pure evil. And there was this one guy who... It might have been like an amateur journalist or something. But was blowing the cover on this one police department. And was trying to expose that there's just ra rampant corruption there. And all of a sudden, he started getting harassed by them. And he started documenting it. And I mean, there were lots of just different things that he was seeing outside of his house that he had on camera. Uh, that there was proof of this happening. And it progressively gets worse and worse and worse. Until one day, he posted on his social media this picture of this white van, said, if I die tomorrow, remember this white van. And what do you think happens? 
the very next day, house catches on fire, dead, ruled a suicide, case closed, never makes the news, no one ever really talks about it except out of a few circles that saw his videos, and life goes on. This type of stuff really happens, and it's terrifying to think about. You're listening to VORW International. going to open up the email now, and let's uh, try to get things on a little bit of a lighter note. All right, so continuing on with uh, the show. Uh, in addition, of course, to the question that we posed in regards to immortality, we also have uh, room for just regular miscellaneous correspondence. So anything else, any feedback, any reception reports, comments, or questions, VORW, I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. As always, consider supporting this broadcast donation via PayPal to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. would do a world of good to help this program out. All right, uh, we have a good amount of topics, at least from our listeners. That, that's why it's always wonderful, regardless of whether... I have anything original to, you know, put forth and share with uh, with all of you listening in. That's one great thing, at least, all the emails that come in. Uh, there is always, uh, always a guaranteed abundance of topics to uh, discuss. And, of course, sometimes we can't get to all of them, but we'll get to what we can get to. Uh, we have an email. <clears throat> we have an email coming in from Chris, uh, who says he has a couple thoughts on last week's broadcast. He says... Uh, run-of-the-mill show once again. Random is random, at least you got that in. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why one would do a show on the random personal thoughts of a 23-year-old giving observations with little or no life experience. It's just bad radio. Uh, not that they're irrelevant, it's just not good radio or a good show. And Frank, anyone... At least she was shedding light on a young person's historical timestamp and war. 14-year-old kids do this on YouTube all the time daily, and you're doing the same. Please look at their age demographic, or at least use some common sense and deduce uh, what you think the average age of a viewer is of a 14-year-old girl talking about random things. Anyway, enough of that. You either get it or you don't. That was from Chris. He sends an email like that every week, so uh, it's nothing surprising there, just the usual, uh, only responses, you know, the, the, the show, the show is what it is, it's not meant for everyone, that's, that's the way the world is, you know that, and more importantly, you can't please everyone, you try to do something a certain way, and you'll get people that'll, uh, criticize you for doing it that way, you change it, cater to their wants or needs, and then other people will complain. And that's how it always is. Some things just aren't for certain people. Uh, there's many a person who will listen to this show, and they're just not feeling it. They don't like the show. And, you know, you don't have to listen. You don't have to waste your time tuning in. If you don't enjoy the show, save yourself an hour every week and, and don't listen, with all due respect. I do this show just to do it, not to try to reach as many people as possible. You know, the reach of the show is perfectly fine. It's not like the Joe Rogan uh, podcast or any of that, but it still gets to a nice audience, and I'm happy with that. 
And I think your phrase, what you said at the end of your, your email, uh, really sums up how I feel about things, too. You either get it or you don't. This show isn't for everyone. Cole is uh, checking in onto some other emails, at least. What are your thoughts on John Schnatter saying there will be a day of reckoning to come over Papa John's? Yeah, so he, you know, he is the Papa John, but he's not in charge of things anymore. I think he's just saying that because he's pissed off that he got outed, that, you know, he, he said what he shouldn't have said, it came around to bite him, and he's just so, he's got a grudge against them over that. That's all that that comes down to, in my opinion. I think he's just a sore loser uh, that, you know, he he got outed, and he's not happy about that. So that's why I think he keeps, he's been making a lot of comments about Papa John's recently, about how the company's been going downhill without him, this, that, and the other thing. And I also think that it, it goes to show how he thinks of himself, too, that he has a massive ego, that he literally thinks that, you know, he might have been the founder, granted, but the company's come a long way from, from when he might have started it. And I think he still thinks of himself as being like the, the 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 cornerstone of the entire company. That without him, you know, he's what's keeping it all together because he's just got to be that that big, that important, right? So I don't think he's trying to. I don't think he's able to come to terms with the fact that they're able to continue on just fine without him. So I think he keeps saying that they're just getting worse and worse and worse because he's just angry at them, and that's what that that's what that says to me anyway. Anonymous listener in Atlanta, Georgia, listening in on SoundCloud, says, I'm very happy to see uh, that you're doing well after the accident. And I have a question following up on the one you answered uh, in regards to the raw meat. Uh, What about raw fish? I'm a fan of sushi, both cooked and raw varieties, although I usually order a jar of sake along with it on the off chance that there is anything bad in there. Hope the alcohol will kill it off. But my understanding is that sushi chefs uh, have their methods to ensure that their products are safe to eat. When it comes to raw meat, though, I won't touch it either. Uh, There's a traditional dish of minced raw lamb that some of my relatives swear by, uh, but if you screw it up, you can end up with salmonella. No thanks, as you said, the risk isn't worth it. And I, I, I agree with you there. Like, I think in regards to the raw fish, I think it's okay uh, assuming that you're getting, let's say, sushi from a reputable establishment, from a, a place that you know, they, I mean, obviously, look, things slip through the cracks, uh, mistakes happen. But you know, at least to the best of your ability, they're not going to mess this up for the most part, that they're trustworthy, that they're reliable, right? That's one thing. I wouldn't necessarily get sushi from like there was this one place I remember that was selling it and it was kind of like this really cheap grocery store and then I, I, I read later on that someone got really really sick from it it has to be from a reputable establishment uh, Daniel in New Zealand writes what are your thoughts on uh, Onision that you would like to share Not sure if you're up to date with the situation, but Chris Hansen and the FBI are involved. I personally never watched his content, but was vaguely aware of him. Uh, I came to learn about him a few years ago. 
Anyway, I'm currently enjoying the podcast for today. Always a VORW Friday for me. Now, I haven't really watched much of Onision's stuff either. I am not a fan of his. I don't, I don't like him as a person. And uh, as a result, I mean, if I, I know that there's been a large number of allegations against him. I think that a good majority, if, if not all of them, are credible. I think he's a bad person. And that's just my, my outward impression. Now, that's all that I'm going to say on it, because I don't feel qualified to comment either. Uh, I haven't really been following up that much about him, because I just... He's one of those people that he strikes off to me as he kind of, like, would get giddy um, off of any sort of attention put toward him, positive or negative. He doesn't care. As long as he's being talked about, he's happy. So I just haven't given him any more views or attention, but I don't want to try and spew something out that I don't really know the full story about, so that's just why uh, I'm keeping it short there. We've got an email coming in from Amy who says, Recently, I was interested in a news story about Mount Everest, uh, where a climber had safely reached a summit, but got stuck in a traffic jam in the mountain's death zone, an area where the air is extremely thin on her way down. Thankfully, she made it due to her Sherpa having extra oxygen. And I would like to know your opinion on whether or not climbing Everest is worth it today, as I believe it has become more dangerous. A greater number of people, some of which are unexperienced with climbing, are attempting the summit, uh, which is leading to more deaths. Now, personally, I believe that while climbing Everest is difficult and can take months, there are other ways to get an adrenaline rush and a sense of accomplishment that are far safer. Uh, I I absolutely agree. I I think, unfortunately, it's one of those things that too many people doing it uh, quite quite literally ruined it. I mean, theoretically, I, I was even reading that if you have the money to climb Everest, you can be 80 years old. They don't care. Uh, they will get you up. And as a result, you have these wealthy but very inexperienced climbers you know, who more and more of them are just flocking to Mount Everest to say that they did it, and that's causing so many logistical issues, you name it, and it's just turning into a huge nightmare. Uh, So I think it's a really, really big issue, and uh, I don't think it's worth it. At this point in time, I do not think that climbing Mount Everest is worth it in the least. You have the trash, you have the dead bodies everywhere, fecal matter... Um, you name it, the place is just, it's being ruined. Uh, like I said, just garbage piling up. It's crowded, you're in line. Extremely dangerous. Nothing's being done to solve any of these issues. Um, because, you know, if you can pay, you can pay. You know, like I could fork over 20 grand, and now I get to climb Everest, as is, you know. <laughs> Awful. I think it's just become too much of a tourist trap, and uh, just not in a good way at all. It's really, it's a mess. So, it's a shame to see what's happening to it, but I don't think it's worth it in this day and age. Now, maybe there will come a point where it'll kind of get fewer people, or maybe 
it'll take a lot of money, but maybe someone will come along and uh, make efforts to clean the mountain up, get the trash away, uh, get the dead bodies off the mountain, you name it. Make it a little nicer, but until then, it's not worth it in the least. So I have a few other emails that I want to get to, and uh, then that'll be it for the show, for the most part. Always remember, though, that the uh, question for this broadcast that I hope to spend a good amount of time on for the next one. I hope to get some good responses. And, and, and one thing to remember in regards to these questions and, of course, the responses is that I know some things that I'll read, some of the responses that I'll share uh, may be very lengthy. They may be very eloquently written. Don't feel like this is what I have to do. This is the type of stuff that I have to make. You can keep your response very short to the point, or you can make it a lot longer. Either one is completely fine, and just whatever you're feeling. In regards to immortality, if you are given the option to be immortal, but you can never die, you're here forever, would you take it? V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O. I-N-F-O at gmail.com. All right, well, like I said, a couple other emails that I want to get to, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Jake from Wisconsin says, I'm curious to know what your opinion is on the current state of Lucasfilm in this new Disney era of Star Wars. Personally, I was very much excited until seeing The Last Jedi, which was poorly executed in my personal opinion. Uh, Lately, I've gained a new hope in the franchise in the form of John Favreau after seeing his project The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, which is easily the best bit of Star Wars media Disney has put out so far, in my opinion. Rumor has it that Favreau is going to become the new head of Lucasfilm, and Kathleen Kennedy will be hopefully fired. So that's from Jake in Wisconsin. Uh, You know, here's the honest truth. When it comes down to Star Wars, the newer stuff, I've always felt like there was something lacking to it. So much so that if you would if if you would believe it, I have not seen a single new Star Wars film. Like didn't a new one didn't they they first start making the new ones in like twenty fifteen or so? I haven't seen any of them. I don't even know how many there are. I don't know if there's like four or five or seven new films that they've made. You know, I've just seen the original three, and then the three prequels, and that's it. Not that I'm trying to be some stuck-up snob who's like, oh, I'm not going to see the other ones because I don't think they're canon, or anything like that. I I, I just, they don't motivate me to to go out and get, you know, go out and see them. I don't know. It's like, to me, there's something lacking. And that's all that I can say, because I haven't seen them, so I can't give an individual critique of all of them. But I do know that response has been mixed. I know some people, like, they really like them, and other people just aren't very satisfied. And if the overall consensus is that it's going downhill, uh, then I hope that this new guy is able to come in and kind of switch things around. So, uh, but I mean, that's just the thing that I've noticed. Ever since there have been the new Star Wars films coming out, they just haven't inspired that same level of curiosity, of interest, or uh, excitement 
in me, and I think a lot of other people as well. It's just, it's not, not the same, if you kind of know what I mean. Thank you, Jake, though. Uh, going over to Tiffany, who just has a suggestion. Uh, she says, I would love to hear about more cryptids, aliens, and the like. I love the Bigfoot episode, and I also love the Mandela effect and telepathy, all great topics. So thank you, Tiffany. I love those topics, too. Those are probably uh, my favorites, to be quite honest. I just wish more suggestions for that type of stuff would come in. Otherwise, I would do a lot more uh, shows in regards to those. So uh, thank you, though. I'm glad you enjoy it. I I enjoy them, too. And I'll certainly try to do more uh, paranormal, uh, cryptid-type shows going forward. Ahmed in Iraq, uh, says, I used to be a regular listener to your broadcast, but due to the situations in life, uh, such as work, study, and uh, what's going on in the country, I missed many of your shows, but today I'm back to listening, and I hope you can cover on uh, cover what's going on in Iraq, uh, the protests, and I think the world should know what's going on here, and I don't see enough coverage in the media. Hundreds got killed and thousands got injured. Oh, absolutely, uh, Number one, stay safe over there because it's, you know, you know, you know, people are getting killed in the streets. Uh, that it's it's a it's a really 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 scary thing what's going on there. And that's one thing. That if someone wants to complain about the U.S., then I really suggest that you watch these videos from the protests in Iraq. And I want to I, ask yourself this question. When you watch these videos and you see people protesting, they want a better life. They want higher quality life. They want jobs. They want more freedom. They want a government that isn't corrupt. And they're protesting for what they believe. They want a better life for themselves, for their families, for the people that they care about. They go into the streets to protest, and then you have these armed militias. A lot of people think they're Iranian-backed. I'm not going to say that they are or aren't. And they kill people that are protesting for what they truly believe in. You get shot. You get killed. You have government forces that do that also. You watch these videos of the protests and you hear nonstop gunfire. And ask yourself this. Things can get pretty bad here in the U.S., but you can still go and protest something and not get shot at, right? It's not at that point here. So it puts things into perspective, number one. It could be a lot worse, and it's just... It makes my blood boil, honestly, when I see these videos of these people in Iraq that are fighting for what they believe in, only to get killed for it. And it bothers me. I mean, that's not to say that Hong Kong isn't important. I just wish that the protests in Iraq and Iran got even a fraction of the coverage that the Hong Kong protests got onto, because, you know, the people in Hong Kong are fighting for their freedom. The people here are, too. They're protesting state corruption, unemployment, low wages, poor public services. And close to 500 people have been killed here, 20,000 injured. These are massive numbers that we're talking about. Like I said, there's bullets flying everywhere. Total media blackouts from time to time. No sign of quitting. I think that's really newsworthy, but it barely gets any coverage. I just know in the news cycle, there's room to be able to report on Hong Kong and the protests going on in Iraq 
I, I just wish that even a little attention. Again, I know Hong Kong is really important too. I just wish that this was given a little more of a little more of a, a chance. Best way to put it, at least in the U.S., no one ever even probably a lot of people don't even know anything's going on in Iraq, or they just so crassly say, "Oh, that's just how it always is over there," which is, yeah, you, know, you just shake your head. I just think I I, I just hope. Things get better over there, you know, and I, I hope that the goals of these protesters get met. I, I really hope so. It's a complicated situation, and it might get really bad. You just It's something that you have to watch. So to Ahmed and anyone else in Iraq who might be listening, please be safe. Just stay true to yourself, what you believe, and one important thing is to hold out hope that things will get better. But just know, I've been following these protests for, for months, uh, since they began, honestly. I, I spend a huge amount of time focusing on issues in the Middle East, and I don't really talk about it too much, because, you know, it's... I mean, let's face it, a lot of the things that happen can be very graphic, a lot of people don't want to hear about it, but I spend a lot of time researching on it. Stay safe out there. Johan in Denmark says, uh, here's my main question. I really enjoy the subject of history. Lately, I'm very interested in the topics of the Black Plague in Europe and World War I. It's always interesting to read about the past, how different society has been from what we live in now, in my opinion. I do have an interest in history. Any specific parts of history that interest you the most? Maybe you could make a historic-focused segment of your show in the future. Uh, where people could send some fun or interesting historical facts in, or tell a story that uh, they've heard from their friends or family or experienced themselves in the past regarding historical events. Uh, thank you for your feedback there and your, your question. Oh, I love history. And, and it's kind of sad how it was, because throughout all throughout school, history was my strongest subject. Always. I mean, I would... Yeah, sometimes I would I would just do very very good in all the uh, the tests and quizzes and exams and uh, silly as it is I would take the history textbook and I would just read the other chapters for fun you know even if we weren't studying it I would just I enjoyed it that much you know it's so much fun to to research like you I mean I just enjoy going through it and seeing what was uh, what was going on in the past and my favorite. Um, period of history was probably from 1700 to yeah, probably 1700 to, to present for the most part internationally it's just so fascinating i would just read about that all day i mean it's just so much fun and unfortunately i kind of i am nowhere near as sharp as i used to be with history because i was I was persuaded into not studying it any further because they said it doesn't make you any money, so, you know. And it's a sad thing. It's true, though. You don't, you, you can't really make any living off of history. There's only a few, a few jobs, but that doesn't mean that it should be thrown to the side because it's not profitable. So I still enjoy history, but unfortunately, most of my, my previous knowledge, it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe one day, though, I'll sharpen up again and, uh, kind of relearn all that I used to remember about it, but it's still a lot of fun. And I mean, every day, 
you know, I'll go through Wikipedia, I'll, I'll read various pages just for fun. Um, but again, I'll kind of, my memory has also been pretty bad, and it's just, it goes, it goes, it just goes down the drain. Doesn't mean that I want to forget it, um, but it just happens sometimes, but history is so much fun, though. I, I remember, yeah, just researching all of these various conflicts and uh, treaties and deals and uh, just the, the the biographical information of, of notable individuals and all this stuff. It's just so much fun to me. So I, I agree. Maybe a history segment uh, going forward in the show would be would be interesting. Maybe one day I'll kind of do it as a test and we'll see what happens and uh, go from there. You know, if response is, is good enough, maybe we'll incorporate that into the show. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Johan in Denmark. A lot of fun, though. History is awesome. It's, it's, it's great. A lot of fun to study up on. Dakota in Missouri says, as a fan of conspiracy theories, have you ever watched any of the show Stranger Things? It's a very funny, uh, very funny show that includes many real conspiracy theories, mainly the theory of a second dimension called the Upside Down. It's a great show, and I was just wondering if you've watched any of it or plan uh, on giving it a try. Now, I know Stranger Things is one of those Netflix um, programs. Maybe I'll give it a try at some point. It might be worth uh, worth worth doing. Um, Stranger Things. I know that's... Isn't that supposed to take place in, like, the 80s? In a small town, I think? I see, I haven't watched it, but that's just my basic knowledge and some weird things happen or whatever. That, that's my understanding. I was actually reading about Stranger Things last week. Because I was trying to find this one song, Sunglasses at Night. And I found, uh, I found it on YouTube, and it mentioned that it was from the Stranger... Or it was on the Stranger Things soundtrack. Of course, it was a pretty popular hit back in the 80s, but that kind of got me reading into Stranger Things a little bit, and uh, I might give it a shot. The prospect of other dimensions and parallel universes is always fascinating to me. I mean, part of me really does think... Because here's the thing. I think sometimes we get way too confident in our knowledge of things. We get way too confident that what we know uh, is the answer to everything. Right? That we have all the answers to everything with our knowledge, that everything can be proven, etc., etc. Uh, I highly disagree with that, though. I think that there's so much to the universe that we don't know, that we don't have any explanation for, and we may never, ever have an explanation for. Uh, that there may be things out there that will completely disprove much of our science, much of our knowledge of physics and mathematics as we know it right now, and it'll just blow it out of the water and it'll be all wrong. Not saying that's really the case, but I could I could see such possibilities uh, existing. Most of what we have is all theories. You know, it's it's oftentimes treated like this is it, but it's all theories that could still be disproven. I think many of them will. So I mean, you have these attitudes that are like, oh, this can't exist. This can't be the case because of this and that, and you know. And the other thing, but I just disagree with that mindset. I think it's important to be open-minded. Uh, like, in regards to dimensions and other uh, universes, 
part of me really does think that, that there are more than one. At the very least, there might be other dimensions. I don't have any proof, it's just how I feel. But sometimes I really do think that such things exist. So, I don't know, it might be interesting to check out then. I could certainly give a couple episodes a try and, you know, see if it's for me or not, test the, uh, test the waters out. Um, because like we were saying earlier, you know, not, nothing's for everyone. There's some things that you'll like, some that you don't, but it's okay to test the waters out. So thank you, Dakota, for your, uh, your suggestion there. Chris in North Florida writes in, he says, I've been going through bouts of depression and anxiety my whole life. I'm 27 years old, and recently the anxiety has been worse than ever before. Have trouble eating, sleeping, lack of motivation, etc. Right now I'm currently trying to find a good job that I somewhat enjoy doing, as the last job I had was horrible anyways. I'd like to hear your thoughts on depression and anxiety, and maybe things that you went through, and maybe some advice. Thank you and much love. Well, thank you, Chris, for writing in. One thing to know about depression and anxiety, they oftentimes go hand in hand. And of course, there's all sorts of levels of depression, of anxiety, right? You know that it can fluctuate, and you know that it can always be there. You can still have your good days where maybe it's not as bad, or you might have days where it incapacitates you. But number one, right, depression and anxiety are not blanket terms. Some people who maybe just seldom experience it or never do, and there's people who really haven't. They've gone their whole lives and have never experienced either of those things, which is amazing to me, but that's for another day. Uh, But some people might have this attitude where, Depression, it just means you're a little sad. And anxiety means you're just a little nervous. And when people look at these two things with that attitude, that's the worst possible way you can ever look at those things. Because that mindset pretty much says, oh, it's absolutely nothing. You're the problem. You're blowing it out of proportion. Just get over it and stop being sad. Be happy. Stop being nervous. Be calm. And I think to myself, don't you think if it was that easy, if it was really that easy, wouldn't I have done that already? Sorry, but it frustrates me. That ignorance, that level of ignorance that you still see to this day about such things. I'm thankful that in recent time they've gotten a lot more attention, that a lot more people kind of understand that it's a lot more serious than that. But it frustrates me. Sorry about that, but it does. But like I was saying, you have all different levels of it. And there's the days when the anxiety is so bad, it's like you feel like you're gonna die. You're up for days, you can't do anything, you just you, you can just lay there, maybe. That's it. You're incapacitated. And same thing with depression. You can be... It, it will destroy your product productivity. Everything's going to be different. You can't get motivated. You can't really do anything. Some days you just want to die. I understand. When it comes to these things, there's nothing that will make it go away forever. In that, I mean there's no magic switch 
that can be pulled and all of a sudden you'll never have anxiety again or you'll never have depression again. It'll always come back in bouts. Sometimes nothing will cause it. You'll just be sitting there and it'll come back for no reason. Everything can be good. You're happy. You're in a situation you want to be in and you still feel this way. So another thing some people don't understand, it can happen without cause a good deal of the time. You know, it just happens. Two things that I just want to mention. One of them is having a support system. I've given some lectures about this before, and I know we've we've heard about this uh, many a time, and it could sound like it's just the same old washed-up talking point. But please hear me out. And having a support system, it's not going to cure it. It's not going to it's not going to make it go away. But having a support system will make things better. It will lessen that that weight that it puts on you. And a support system is, is, I think, unique to the individual who's going through this stuff. It's unique to you, unique to me. It's different for everyone else. And I remain steadfast that a support system could be anything. Something that you're comfortable with. Something that you enjoy that makes you happy, that gives you another reason to keep living. It could be a person. It could be an animal. It could be an object. It could be a place. It could be a mindset. It could be music or an activity, but something. Something that's important to you. That you feel confident in. That you feel, that you feel comfortable with. Having a support system, a loved one, a friend, family member that you can talk to, that you can share your feelings with, and that they'll listen and understand, can do so much good. Or having something or somewhere you can spend your time, something you can relax, something that you could really feel comfortable with, it does the mind wonders. And like I said, it's not going to make it go away, but it's a step in the right direction. It's something that I think we all need to have. And I can't tell you what's going to work for you, because again, I think it's unique to the individual. Sometimes in the truest sense of the, sense of the word, a support group can work best. But different things work for everyone, but a support system is, is extremely important. One other thing, I know that healthcare being what it is, and costs can really be an issue, but I still highly suggest that being able to see a psychiatrist, talk things over with them, can also do a, do, do a lot of good. You can still find a doctor that might be able to accept certain payment plans, that if you have insurance, it might work for you there. And here's the other thing. The doctors are variable, too. You have doctors that are good, doctors that are understanding, that want to help you out. You have doctors that just don't care, don't listen and I'll just write you a prescription for some drug that's not going to help you either. So it's going to take some time, but please look into things and see if you could find a good psychiatrist to go to as well. And one thing that really can help are prescription drugs. But again, different things work for different people. For some people, SSRIs might really work, and it might come down to the certain type of SSRI. For other people, uh, benzodiazepines will work better. 
And then it also comes down to which one of them uh, will be the most helpful. And the list goes on and on, various therapies as well, but there are ways. Don't neglect the medical industry. It can seem very intimidating. It could seem like maybe it's just too costly that they don't really want to help you, but just keep looking around, and there are things that can really, once you try it, you'll realize it's, this really does help. It took me a while, but eventually you can find the right thing that works. That doesn't just screw you up even more. So thank you for your email, Chris. Just stay strong, and I hope things get better for you. We've got two more emails left, and then I think I'll wrap things up for today's show. And this listener says, I'm a girl, 21 years old, and through my interactions with guys, most of them in academia and politics, I felt the constant need to prove myself, to prove my intellect and knowledge on whatever topic was discussed. The conversations are usually challenging and fruitful, which I enjoy, but sometimes the vibe is quite cold. Uh, They lack human empathy, and I've observed that keeping the discourse as objective as possible and distant from your actual self is glorified. Emotion is correlated with the incapacity to judge, and emotion is often associated with femininity. Is this really a natural way of being, or do some guys simply feel that their masculinity is validated by the use of pure reason? But anyway, it's bitter to see some people shut their feelings for the sake of keeping a certain image. But now, let's not turn this message into an entirely feminist one. Here's the question. Should we keep the discourse as far away as possible from our emotions? Or should we seriously take into account feelings, since our humanity is what decisively shaped our society, both for the good, say arts, and for the worst, war, crimes, etc.? So thank you for your question and uh, your email there. I think, you know, to this, I think it really comes down to a matter of opinion. And a lot of people will have a lot of different answers. And this, I mean, the answer that I'm going to give just reflects uh, my philosophy on life, on the world, and on how I go about my business day to day. I think that emotions uh, most definitely should be considered acceptable and even encouraged uh, in discussions, in business, and in life. Now, I think for very serious things, there needs to be a line drawn between, say, acting impulsively based on emotions and taking into account the situation at hand. But at the same time, I don't think it should be one or the other. And I understand also, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've dealt with people who, it's like it's robo- robotic in a sense. Where like you can really see the emotions being suppressed, and it's just, it's not a comfortable feeling. And I don't advocate trying to, you know, hide your true self, hide who you really are, to try to come off this way or that way or the other, because I think one day, might be long down the road, but the facade is going to come off. The mask is going to come off. I think it's better to just be yourself, be the person who you are, than to put up a barrier and be be a different person, or try to be so cold or so harsh to not let the real you shine through. But I think emotions are very important, 
And I don't think that they should be be looked upon as, as feminine. I think it should be looked upon as a thing that we all have, because I know for a fact that every last one of us has emotions, has feelings, has empathy, though I think some people have a lot less empathy than others. But I think such things should always be considered acceptable for both men and women to express. And I think that's gotten a lot better, but I've always been a very strong advocate uh, of taking feelings into account and being able to comfortably express them and, you know, like I said, be who you really are. And the only thing that I suggest is that just, again, in very, very important decisions, uh, costly choices, or things that may have massive repercussions, to, you know, it is important, though, to have a, a balance between looking at things purely analytical and also uh, through how you feel, and to try to come to a compromise between the two in the very important circumstances. But I don't think one should ever be entirely blocked out in favor of the other. I think that they should blend it together in a harmonious mixture, and that would be ideal. So those are my thoughts. An interesting email, and I thought it was very thought-provoking, so thank you for uh, sending it in. And finally, we have one last email that I want to get to uh, before we conclude the show. It was a little longer, but I thought it was important, so uh, I want to go for it. It comes from Jonathan in Romania. I'm very glad I discovered your talk show. I knew about your food reviews before, but your podcast is something else. I always listen to it on YouTube uh, when I ride my bike to work and whenever I need a voice to calm myself and just think about anything else but my problems. I've been listening for a long time to people like Alan Watts, Eckhart Tolle, and Sam Harris while searching for meaning, purpose, and peace in life. You're down-to-earth, unpretentious, and and hopeful outlook on subjects is what tackled me to write this message. I'm a Slav Doomer, born the same year as you. Maybe the Doomer philosophy could be a future subject of your show, after you've familiarized yourself with the concept if you haven't already. To interject, I am familiar with uh, that philosophy, the Doomer outlook, so uh, I do understand, number one. Continuing, though, if not, it would still help me uh, if I found your opinion on a subject that concerns me. I believe that most of our life is luck-based. If you're fortunate enough to be born in a good family and country, you're mostly set for the rest of your life. You need money for anything, from a home, an education, to career choice and travel. Surely problems could arise even in this case. Some still depend on luck, like diseases or accidents that can't be fixed no matter how much money you pour into them. Other problems depend on each person and how much they choose to live their lives. Rich and poor as well. They sink in vices, wrongdoings, and other life-ruining choices. So it's not like the rich are genuinely worse off uh, in other aspects of their lives. I used to have a profile picture that said, Life is for the rich and famous. And I still believe that, even though I realize that I'm only given one chance, so I'd better make the most out of it. So I decided to work on improving everything that this pleases me about my life. And so far I've fixed all the areas of my life except my work and my environment. I go to work solely for the money. I live in Bucharest, a crowded, expensive, polluted city full of ruins, corruption, and neglect. And I can move closer to my home or a better city, but I would still be in the same country, 
that has people coming out of hospitals dead with more diseases or worse than they got in. I would still live in a country where you drive 300 miles in 10 hours for prices uh, of stuff that are the same as in Western Europe, and their quality and our wages are still a third world tier. In short, it's a failing country, the second in the world when it comes to the percentage of people living abroad, first is Syria, an economy driven by consumption and a population so old that in 20 years we'll almost lose half of our current population. My job is not the worst, but my wage won't change for the next eight years, and I'm paid as much as a car wash employee if you count the tips. I could move to a cheaper city, but what would make me truly happy is to live the rest of my life somewhere I would be happy, where you could raise a family and afford it, a country with higher standards of living, less corruption and nepotism, where I could work harder knowing that my boss is not put there because he's friends or family with the next boss, but because he's capable. I don't think it's fair to raise money and then work half of your life so you can move somewhere else because you were born in the wrong place. I don't want to abandon my parents. They'll need someone to take care of them when they're old. I hate it that I'm forced to make these choices when someone better off gets a head start in life and lives the best possible conditions for his growth. I'm willing to work so that my kids won't have to make these choices, leave their home country and work their asses off as slaves somewhere else just to get a standard, decent life in a civilized country. I spend a lot of time walking with Google Street View in different countries. I have my favorites. For example, I love Savannah, Georgia. I would live on every street I put my finger on. Everything is so beautiful there and clean. The houses, the trees. I don't mind the warm weather and the crime problems. Surely they aren't worse than here. Or Europe, which is closer to my parents. In a small town somewhere near the sea. Since I've always been mesmerized at... Still, choosing the U.S. is what I would truly want. I grew up with your movies, landscapes, and people, but circumstances still constrict me, making the choice harder. What can I choose? My family over my wishes? My country over my wishes? The stable job I have now over the possibility of a better tomorrow? What do you think I should do? Thank you for reading my lengthy story, Keep Up Your Passion. You're helping a lot of people in places you wouldn't expect from Jonathan in Romania. Number one, Jonathan, I want to thank you for taking the time to write this email and to share your concerns, and I'll, I'll give you my best thoughts. You know, everyone, and I say this before, but I say it again because there's so much truth to it, that everyone is different their values, their priorities, their decision-making, all that is different. I know, ideally, you would like to be out of there. You want to be in a better place. Romania has its issues. It's, you know, you want a better life. Especially if this is, if, if this is our shot. If this is our chance. If this is what we've got. I completely understand that you'd want to make the most of it in a place where you're happy. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know you. So I can't make a decision for you. I can't say, I think you need to do this or you need to do that. I will give you a few pointers, though. 
and just a few things to consider. And the best thing to do is to just come to terms with this in your mind and do what feels right. And one thing I should add is that sometimes doing the thing that you really want to do in life, because it's something that you've never really done before, it's going to feel really weird sometimes. It's going to feel like it's this almost foreign feeling, like it's something because you've never done it before, right? It's going to feel unfamiliar, and you might even get this feeling like, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. But trust me, despite those feelings, it's because it's something new. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Some of the choices that I've made in life that have really paid off so wonderfully, when I first made those, those first few steps, you know, it felt really weird to me. Because it's, again, this foreign feeling. But it's really, really worth it in the end sometimes. Sometimes it's not. I, I agree that sometimes a lot of things in life are luck-based. But here's the thing, right? The odds of something working out or not working out, luck being on your side or otherwise, none of that ever matters if you don't take that opportunity or, you know, try to set things in motion to do what you want to do in the first place. You'll just never know and you'll be left with all the what-ifs for the rest of your life. Now again, I don't know the dynamic with your family. I don't know how good or bad the relationship might be. But I know that, you know, you do care. You do, you do care about them. But I want you to remember this thing as well. There are many, many people in this world, probably millions, or tens of millions, or maybe even hundreds of millions, who have moved abroad, left their home country, and still have family in their home country. People who have left Romania to go to the United States or who have gone to other countries in Western Europe, for instance, and still have family back home in Romania. But does that mean that they hate their family? That they don't care about their family? That they want to see them rot? And that's it? Not at all. Many of these people still love their families. They still care about their parents. They still want to make sure that they can take care of them and have a wonderful relationship. So don't feel bad if you do move. Don't let those feelings prevent you from doing so. You don't know what the future holds, and it could still be possible to make visits over to Romania uh, from one time to the next to visit your parents to, you know, see how things are and, and go from there. But don't let that prospect be the one thing that prevents you from doing what you want to do in life, because there's always a way. Number two, though, and most importantly, and this is what I really wanted to talk about, you need to be the one that comes to terms with this decision. And it's not going to be one that comes right away. It's not going to be one that you take a look at and, yeah, it's this, or that. In whatever way is possible, in whatever works for you, silent reflection, meditation, going out and painstakingly analyzing every option, every outcome from one choice or the next, and maybe a mixture of all of these things 
Whatever works for you, whatever you would prefer to do, what works best for you. And carefully think through the positives, the negatives, the benefits and drawbacks, and how you truly deep down feel about staying in Romania and moving abroad. And if you decide to move abroad and you have your heart set on it, go for it. Don't let those feelings of unfamiliarity hold you back. Go for it. And do what makes you happy in life, because you could always still go back to Romania if you want to. Now, sometimes the process of going to another country, especially trying to maybe obtain visa or citizenship, uh, could be a very drawn-out, grueling process with many, many technicalities and things you have to do. But there's still a way. Take things step by step, one by one, and just go with what you feel in your gut is the best thing to do. But if you want to move, go for it. Just make sure you be careful with what you do. Have your options open. But either way, I hope things get better for you, Jonathan, and you never know. A couple years from now, you might be looking back at things. You might be in a better place. You'll be thinking, I can't believe things really turned out this way for me, and it's the best thing that ever could have happened. You just don't know. So thank you, Jonathan, for your email. Whatever choice that you make, I have confidence it'll be the one that's best for you. I know this stuff can really be difficult, and there's no set answer for it, but those are my thoughts. And with that, thank you for listening in to today's broadcast of VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Always remember that next week's broadcast uh, is going to feature the discussion on immortality, and uh, your feedback, of course, on that question, would you be immortal, is welcome at VORWINFO at gmail.com. Like I said, the more responses, the merrier, so please don't hesitate to send one in. And with that, thank you for listening, and do take care. I will be seeing you next week with uh, hopefully some good immortality-related discussion. And of course, if there's any other correspondence you have, it's always welcome as well. Thank you for listening, and do take care. This is VORW.